Welcome to this Business of Music and Poetry podcast, where the life of a creative meets the real world. I'm Michael Amaday, host World Poetry Open Mic, The Michael Amaday Show, author of more books than I should mention, musician, poet, and above all, creative entrepreneur. My collaborator and conspirator in this project is Clifford Brooks, founder of the Southern Collective Experience, host of Dante's Old South on NPR, poet and author of The Draw, Broken Eyes, and World of Metaphysics, Exiles of Eden, and Athena Departs, The Gospel of a Man Apart. Our guest today is none other but the legend, R.J. Jeffries. He is a poet, he is a writer, he's an editor, he's an incredible inspiration to a lot of people, and he's also a podcast host. Without any further introduction, let's get right into our interview with R.J. Jeffries. Well, this evening on This Business of Music and Poetry, we have the legend, the gentleman, the poet, the editor, podcaster, and podcast host, Mr. R.J. Jeffries. R.J., how are you doing, boss? Hello, Clipper. Thanks so much for inviting me in. I'm thrilled about this, and uh, I'm going to try to uh, own up to all of those accolades you just gave me. Do I do? <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do my best to, to shine. <laughs> I just wrote a check. You're going to have to cash, R.J., so let's get busy. No kidding. No kidding. Take that to the bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> my first question as always, I like to take it to the nugget of where you began. And really, you began as a poet, correct? I did, but also I became, it became I was a knowledge sponge. I just read since I could, I mean, I was two, three years old. I started to read by five was proficient. My aunt gave me the greatest gift that I could ever give anybody. She got me the entire, all the volumes of Britannica, Britannica Encyclopedia. I don't think it was 15 volumes. I read that from six years old till eight, all of them, from, from, from Aardvark to Zebra, and absorbed <laughs> it. And while I was reading it, I said, well, I started making up my own little stories about dinosaurs and about things I ate and Aardvarks and found that I had a knack for it, and I enjoyed that. So it really started just copying things in the encyclopedia and sort of making up my own stories about these definitions and these descriptions of these animals and things. That, the way you said, and that, that just triggered something with me. When you said that when you read the information, you absorbed it. Do you find that when you're out in public and you, and you, with you, and you people watch, or you, little conversations, do you find that you have that same absorption with society? Like a sponge, my friend, I really am. I'm always, my ear is always bent towards another's conversation, not trying to be intrusive, but yeah, always, always. And I'm kind of blessed by having a fairly eidetic memory. Mm-hmm. So I remember scenes. I remember where we were and when I heard the conversation, what the weather was like. It's really bizarre. It's been like that for me since I was a kid. So I can I can not only remember the conversations, but set the scene it was and or adapt it or change it to wherever I want it to be. Does it ever irritate you when somebody says, RJ, that's not what I said. And you can say, no, that is what you said. And I can tell you what shirt you were wearing and what cologne you had on. You ever had that? Uh, you, mean, you mean the X, the beast, but I'm not bitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh sorry about that can we cut that out <laughs> no no please leave that in no please i mean now with this swinging back around rj the reason i asked you that about the absorption is that do you find that in that absorption that writing was the way to kind of empty out all of that information onto the page that is a perfect metaphor exactly without that those words would just continue to bounce around in my cranium forever till i went mad exactly exactly cathartic 
just because I had to clear, you know, empty the well, empty the bucket, fill it up again. Exactly. So in absorbing poetry, who were the first poets to really fill you up? Po you know, funny, um, there's, I don't know why I got in, going back to the 1600s, but one of the first poets was a, was a woman, and I seem to retract the record. I don't know how, but Emily Dixon, of course, and, and Bradstreet was the one that I first connected to and said, and I, I was, just, I think, amazed even as a kid that uh, when women were in their place, especially back during the 1600s, but she still said, I'm going to write, and, and their work was retained. We were able to read it in the 20th century, 21st. So that really inspired me. And then, of course, Emily Dickinson. And the one that really hooked me was E.A. Poe. You can see the avatar here mm -hmm. was Poe. It was like, because that guy, he basically invented the crime mystery, the crime story, honest, while being one of the best poets ever in existence. Mm -hmm. A virtuoso. And, and just, virtuoso. Yeah, and just his life, just his life. I mean, how many people can say is their epitaph, they found me frozen to death on a park bench. <laughs> and really, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. Yeah. I agree. Just a I, and followed with all of his editors, followed with everybody. There was a critic that he almost tried to murder three times. Just, mm -hmm. a very, just a guy who really lived his life. So just the person as he was, and just some of the advice he gave. There was a young guy, I read this years ago, a young farmer, like 18, that wrote Edgar Allan Poe and said, you know, I want to write. I want to write. What do I do? How do you do it? And Edgar Allan Poe said, look, if you want to be a writer, be a writer, but do this. This, this is my advice I'm going to give you. Write a lot and publish little. Nobody needs to have everything in, the, in your head. Just do it and be selective. You don't need everything you've ever thought of down on paper. So, so be very penurious with your work. And I thought that was really, and that's me. You'd think I'd have 50 volumes of poetry out there and thousands of stories. I've written them. I have 20, 30 megabytes of data of, of writing on my drives and in my cloud. The standard 250, 300 page uh, book is only 600 kilobytes. So do the math. Oof. It's, it's there. Call it my legacy. It'll get out there. This year, I'm kind of on a mission to get more work out. I think you and I, Cliff, talked uh, sort of in, in direct message on Twitter. You, congratulations on your manuscript on its way to the world and mine with the Trevina Barbara Press. So both at the same place at the same time, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm starting to open that door. Uh, at least I, I want my work out there. I don't need to be so stingy. I'll leave Paul to his, to his advice for another, and I'm going to take my own. Because you have, man, the, the way I found you, and, and, and Amade and I were talking about this, is that there's this oddity in social media where, as, as woo-woo as this may sound, like you end up meeting, quote-unquote, people on social media. You know, I got on with Amade today, and he goes, oh, I, I know about RJ. I've, I've watched him for years on social media. And it's no longer seemed odd to me, you know, and because it's, it's, there's that personality that you have. And I'm, I, look, let me, I say this in every show. I never, ever flatter because I think that flattery is just the only socially acceptable way to lie. So when I say this to you is that you. Oh, wait, wait, I, let me stop you there, Clifford. I think that's wonderful. Say that again a little slower. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that forever. I like what you just said. Say that again, please. Flattery, flattery is what? Flattery is the only socially acceptable way to lie. I think that's perfect. That is a gem. Well, you can have it for free. Um, but the reason that I say that, and, and, I, and I mentioned legend about you, again, of course, you know, there is a jovial hint to that, but you have edited and helped and, 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 and produced podcast after podcast for people. You are a selfless promoter, promoter of genuine art. And that's when, you know, again, not to promote my stuff, but when you 
when you edited my work and continue to want to, that was one of the first times that I'm like, I don't know if I want to send in my stuff. Like, what if he thinks it sucks? <laughs> you know? And, and then, you know, cause I met you through uh, Melissa Stuttered, whose yeah, book yeah, you, you edited before that. Yeah. And you've, yeah, you've edited. Book. I edited her first book of poetry. Yeah. I've also Clifford edited so much that nobody knows about. Some people want to be an accolade and a dedication. Most people I say to them, that's okay. It does not necessary, but yeah, a lot of books that you know, that I think you all know about some ghostwriting, a lot of that stuff. You're right. Yeah. And I just, it's, it's just the way I'm wired. You got to pay it forward. This is the way I raised my two kids, my boy and my girl, be kind, pay it forward. And if you're going to be kind, make it unconditional. Four random act of kindness out every day unconditionally. If you expect something to come back for it, you're not being kind. You're being, you're being Machiavellian. Yes. 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 I, I, so that's what my Facebook timeline is for. It's a spotlight for folks like you or anyone that I recognize their broker. They get in touch with me and I say, you know what? This person needs a spotlight. I always step up. I always stand on the side of my stage anyways. And I put the spotlight on them and everything is good in my world. Do that every day. It's funny. It, it's very surreal social networking, how I kind of learned it on my own. I get so many people that ask me what, what my secrets are. I'm going to have to put together like a 30-page something little thing and put it on Amazon and say, here, just what I figured out. But yeah, it's surreal. And also, I have to say that when I, when I want something, I go for it. I've seen people on Facebook. I'm interested in them and their work. And I'll send them a message. That's how I'm friends. I'm not going to try to name drop and get back off of this. That's how I became friends with Tim Burton. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other people, Not I don't need to name, but just it's just, and they checked me out and said, okay, we're peers. So it op- opened up a lot of opportunities for to do other projects, Hollywood stuff and, you know, East Coast and West Coast and globally. Yeah, I'm so lucky. And that's the other thing. I'm so grateful. I got to imply, I have to impart this. Gratitude is absolutely paramount. That's another thing you have to do. You have to be every day. Here's something, and I'm sorry if I'm going to interject this now, but I need to say this. And I've, I've created a lot of converts, my own little cult with this. Be grateful before you go to sleep every night. Say out loud. I don't know if people pray or they don't. It's not. It doesn't really matter. It, we're doing this. Just say five things out loud that you're grateful for. It could be as simple as, "Dude, that was a good ham and cheese," or "I didn't stub my toe today." Say it out loud while you sort of deeply diaphragmatically breathe. And after a few weeks, you're going to find yourself stopping, rewinding the, 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 the day's tape. You take it out of the VCR, dating myself, and you find yourself getting to sleep faster. And when you wake up that day, you're starting fresher. You're not thinking about what you left behind. I think that's really valuable. I mean, in a lot of what you're talking about, too, with with gratitude is allowing us to start to attempt to put down the the baggage that attaches itself. Exactly. Because when you let that go, you're right, my friend. When When you don't, when you let it go, you're not holding it anymore. I think that's big. And I, one thing, the biggest source of creativity, you know, and this is something we always talk about writer's block and things, you know, as, as writers, which I, I, you know, we could go all on about, I'm sure. But I think the biggest trick, at least I found, is that when I live through gratitude and I live through trying to fall in love with the world as, as crazy as it looks sometimes, but then I give my creativity as a gift back. That's suddenly where I find a lot of things to say. And I, I resonate really with what you're saying. I really, really like that recommendation. So glad to hear you say that. Yeah, because even in these difficult times, if that's your MO, if that's the way you, 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 you live, not survive, but live, that's your life. So even through these very difficult times, I'm busier now than I was before COVID. Don't know how, 
But I think it's because I had set a precedent before that, that I was already in the group, amenable and flexible like Gumby for change. Gratitude does that for you. Well, I think you're talking to two guys who are the same way too. Like, I think we're all busier than before COVID started, you know, and this is great. It really is weird. It really is. And RJ, it's, it's, I mean, I don't bring this in. It's probably the only time I'll ever mention this on this show, but I just went through recently a, a really hard breakup and and what saved my life was instead of going down those dark rabbit holes or what if, or what did I do? What if I did something different? I said, what am I grateful for now? What am I, what am I happy about now? And in my life that, that I feel like it would be an injustice to the universe or God for me to sit here and say that this one traumatic event has derailed all of that. So, I mean, honestly, listening to you talk, RJ, it, 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 it gives me back that energy to want to write more and give more. Um, do you find that that's the effect that you have on a lot of people? It is. It's inspiring. I find myself being inspired again every day in many, many ways in in places I don't even at first maybe not recognize or are aware of. And all of a sudden, a letter will often go, wow, if someone would say say something, there'll be a turn of event or read something. And that, yeah, that motivates me, inspires me to look more into it or to get to know the person better. That's how I made those, uh, those connections on Facebook. How some weird reason I became famous to a few people. That's Joe Wilson's line. I stole that. But that's one of my favorite lives in, in the universe. He's a great guy. So, yeah, the, I get an opportunity to speak to people like Joe Wilson or interview these people. It's just with this, this legacy. Yeah, gratitude, it's huge. Because, again, stop rewinding the tape. And how many people can say, and I think the people will agree, we get up every day and say, man, damn, are we lucky. We're going to get to do what we love today. How many people can say that? That in itself is just, there's nothing more golden than that. That's platinum diamonds and gold all together. It is, man. It is the best interview we've ever done. Now, look, we got to bring up this Ding Ho comedy club thing that you're writing for. Ah, Ding Ho. We, it's 40th anniversary is coming up and you're writing yep. for them. Is that what that is? That what, do I'm, I hear that? Right? I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I used to, that's how I started my career. I've had, diff, I've certainly, I write everything and anything I can stretch that envelope, flex your muscles. But yeah, as a young guy, there was a big comedy scene in Boston and in the, in the country and around the world with improv really become Saturday night live SCTV. So there's a little old restaurant called the Dingo, a Chinese restaurant that wanted to get on the bandwagon because it was an improv, Cambridge Mass, you know, that's the hit place still is. Across the street from them was the, was the improv. So they decided to get in the game. So they took a small section of the restaurant and got a couple of one by threes and a couple of um, planks of plywood, put it up, an old racket, you know, rickety mic, and made the, the, the liquor room where they stole the liquor, the green room. And all these young guys are coming were there to hone their skills like Stephen Wright, like Jay Leno, like David Letterman. And the list goes on. You think of them now, you know, people, everybody remembers that's who came through those doors. So I wrote for them and really enjoyed it. I wanted to get up there, but I said, you know, sometimes we should, we know our place and that's best where we should be. Yeah. I did put my feet up there and I tried some and I liked it. It was fun, but I said, no, I'm more comfortable with that. That's a more comfortable, but I enjoy kind of just having time to think of this stuff. And then when I'm done, I'll let you know. <laughs> but I can, I can off the cuff, yeah, I can off the cuff like the best of them. But, but I just, I just got more enjoyment from writing for them and watch. Really sitting back and watching in real time the audience response. If my stuff killed, if I slayed them, if, right. if they gave me a beer for it, right? Weapons. I gotta tell you, Clifford Dennis Leary. I'm sure you know who he is. He's the <laughs> funniest man alive. Because we all were freewheeling there and just throwing stuff out, which Jay Leno stole all of it, and that's no BS. <laughs> 
But Dennis, Dennis was the quickest witted, razor sharp wit of more than anyone I've ever known. He still is to this day and a really good guy. I still firmly remember his asshole song. Asshole, oh, exactly. this is in my soul, yeah. man. Now, but see, but see what Dennis does. Dennis does those hockey things, and he does all the things for the firemen. See where this guy's coming from. See the yeah. gratitude. See the paying it forward. Tell me what Jay Leno did yesterday. You can't. Nobody can. Not the bad mouth Jay, but I used to do it in person. I said, go ahead and steal, try to steal this one, Leno. I dare you. I'll hit you with a bottle. <laughs> OJ, I'm having you on every week. You have so messed up. You have so messed up. Exactly. That's why I have to be a writer, because I couldn't make this stuff up on my best day. Exactly. It goes from weird to wacky to surreal constantly, and it still does today. Yeah, and it was just a trip. We went to the gas station to buy some Fritos, and he's like, dude, you come back with a sombrero and an elephant. You know, I was like, dude, you just this is what happens to us. What do you mean? That's an elephant. What else do you want? You say no? Really? Um, now, RJ, the dude, okay, you have like 700 podcasts that you either have hosted or produced or in some way been affiliated. Let's run through a few of those that you want to highlight. The current one now that I do every week on Tuesdays, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, is sponsored by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association and hosted by Author Magazine with my wonderful friend and wonderful writer, who I mentioned earlier, I'm going to give him another nod on air, um, Bill Kanauer, called Author to Author. And every Tuesday, we get to interview some people. This, they continue to blow me away. And Bill's style, um, I mostly produced that, but I've co-hosted before, of course. I mean, that's my title, co-host slash producer. But I like standing in the background with that. But Bill's unscripted, uh, not formulaic, shoots from the hip. And I found those to be most engaging and interesting and fun. And he has some, we get some amazing people on. We've got Clifford, speaking of that, look at your calendar for September, October. I'm gonna, you're getting on the show with us. I'm going to bring you on. You just make me cry on the radio, dude. Uh, cut that out. We're not going to play that part. I'm going to be totally manly about that. Okay, RJ, I'll see if I can fit you in. I'm a very busy man. It's, no. it's, it's, yeah, I'm committed to it now. I, I said it in public. It's a it's public now. I'm, like, I'm, not public cutting that out. I'm not cutting that out. I'm not cutting that out. Okay, I, I have quiz. I have quiz. And then I've done work for Tefera Journal, a wonderful magazine. Yes. Oh, Zanad for Bill. Bill Canal is a wonderful uh, writer, essayist. Mm -hmm. uh, right Within Yourself is his first book. His new book is coming out in May, just sold it to Random House. Right. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure what the working title is. It's going to be something about writing. I'm sorry. I'll DM you when everybody lets me know. But look right. for that in May. Bill Kanauer, K-E-N-O-W-E-R. And then working with my wonderful RB, Melissa Studdard, my rainbow buddy uh, for Tefera Channel. We did Tefera Talks for years. We may actually go back and do that. If we can take a breath and try to find some free time. But I enjoyed those so much. The journal working from them, Donna Berstein, the publisher and founder. Wow. Wonderful woman, wonderful person. So that's that was an amazing trip. We did years of those. This is a book out to Fair Talks, is a book on that, on all those shows. The the they sort of documented or transcribed them, published them. So please check that out to Fair Talks. Then working with uh, Beta. Uh, literary Women Voices, Video Voices and Views, Muslim, and I did those. Um, we did video casts for them. Right. We did a yeah, video pre-recorded pre and then and then put up on, on Vita site. Uh, and once again, <sighs> Striking Diamonds, Rita Dove. I mm. mean, just people that I just adore. Were, and this is another thing about Rita Dove, that, you know, as busy as she is, that woman has 28 doctorates, I think at least 28 doctorates. 
they've given it by every university at least i don't know how many she's been a port laureate twice for the u.s mm -hmm. and we know if we could get 10 minutes of her time we tried melissa and i she said fine i can do it but things are tight we talked pre-show for about 20 minutes with her and her wonderful husband mm -hmm. and then we ended up talking for an hour and then after the show was over we shut off you know the recorder we talked for another hour and she's still supportive of us she's still there and we'll say how you doing thinking of you and rj i'm going to tell you and i'm going to say it again it's that it, you have you have a, a spirit or i would say more i mean I, I think it's your soul man that 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 exudes this this acceptance it's not a dumb, it's not a blind acceptance, but it's, it's this acceptance, an educated kind of lens that you, you, you've somehow shaped over your heart that, that hasn't jaded you against life or other characters, but somehow you've been able to hone in on these people almost immediately that have not just a talent, but um, a humility to them. They, they, yeah, I've done back right. and done some homework on you, man, and, and you never bring in a, a jackass. I've never heard you interview somebody who came off cold I and callous. I don't care. I don't care if they're president of the universe. It is never going to happen. I don't need that. Never have since I was a child. I just, I, my ego doesn't need that. My ego's, ego's fine where it is. It sit on the sidelines, wants to tell me to, but I'll be, I'm truly transparent here. I am an assertive person. I, get, I go for what I want. I worked for these things. They didn't fall in my lap. There's a lot no. of hard work behind them in the background. But you, if you want something, you have to work for it. It's yep. handed to you. You're not going to appreciate it. And you're going to, I, if I was yeah. handed to me, I'd be interviewing whomever just because yeah. they got a name and everybody would go, oh, I know that person. Oh, look at that. Just, just hang with the famous. I'm going to hang with people I care about and people that care about themselves and care about the world. And I'm so lucky in that. I know I keep saying it, but that's just me. It's just the way I am. I, I just try to make sure that I, I vocalize it so it becomes a good infection. I know it's a terrible analogy, but but no, it's not. You catch the catch the bug, and you get you get rather than ill from it, you get better. You know, RJ, I think this is all stuff that that Cliff and I, and I'm sure a lot of listeners to the to the show really resonate with. And it's great you brought up Melissa Stuttered. Melissa Stuttered was a guest on our show. A while back, fantastic. Yeah, she really is, and you know, um, and that's that's kind of what we dedicate ourselves to, also giving a platform, right? And um, but let me let me ask this because we have a lot of people who listen and are maybe you know becoming more. They're more they see themselves more as aspiring writers or aspiring poets rather mm -hmm. than being able to step into the power and say, "I am a writer. I'm a poet." What advice, if any, would you want to impart to those people who might be listening? I would say to take. The advice that's given to them, always with a grain of salt. And in their heart and in their mind, they already know what's going to be best for them. Because you hear people say, write, no, don't write, you know, write what you know. No, don't write what you know. Write what you don't know, because that's how you learn and shape your words and your work and you grow. And just write. I mean, I'm also a writer. I'm also a writer, coach, and a mentor, especially for kids with learning disabilities. That's big for me. Um, so I say to them, I know you got a busy life. I know things are crazy now, but trust me, you can take 15 minutes out of an entire week. There's a lot of hours in a week. Take 15 minutes, find a quiet place. Mostly in the bathroom is a good place to start. Get yeah. a notepad or your laptop and just free associate. Don't think of anything you want to write. Don't think about what people are going to think about if they read it when you're done. Just free form it. And I said, and then try it again the next day or two days later. And then I want you to make a public announcement to anybody around you, unless you're on fire, you're not to be disturbed because that's your time to write. 
<laughs> Unless I'm on fire. If I'm literally, if you see flames, now you just said something, um, RJ, that you that you work with uh, kids with disabilities. Uh, I'm autistic, and with autism, with autistic, to autism speaks. And I've started to write a great deal more about my autism and kind of how would someone who's someone who has, well, no, I I, I say all this because not to flatter me, but to to, to ask you, like, what do you, what do you do with, with kids with disabilities? You be patient. You take your time. You don't push. You give them, you let them expand as much as they want to. And if, if they invert, they start to deflate. That's okay. And you don't, you just, patience is the operative word. That's so good, man. That's so good. Now, back to your writing. And you're, you're a genius at deflection. I mean, it's like playing tennis with you. Um, with what you're, I'm not asking you to give me any titles. I'm not asking you to write or read anything that you've written. But what's something that you're writing now that you're excited about? Like the, the one thing that you're like, you get up and almost get giddy about when you think about it. Well, like you and I just talked about, I don't know if it was on air or before we went on air, was our, our poetry manuscripts, our respective manuscripts. I'm working on that now with my wonderful editor, and I must give her a nod. She is Gloria Mendoc at Trevina Barbara Press. She's local here. I adore her. Talk about a person that's always doing something for someone else unconditionally. So I'm so I've been working a lot on that. And looking at your stuff, going, mm, you want to make a little nervous. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I was about so to say, what, that was the meanest thing, dude. <laughs> the second time no, on one no. show. But Clifford, I've got to say, the look in your face was the best for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I screen capped that one. <laughs> You're my best so friend. Me, and also, I actually, also, poor uh, Gloria had her, her uh, significant other had designed and built this site for her 15 years ago when the press started. And it got eaten by WordPress. So I said, you know what, lady? This cannot be. She's always the Trevenia Barber Press is still up and running, looks great. So is the last bookshop. She has one of the few independent bookstores that are left in existence. And it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Shop if you're in Somerville or go online, thelostbookshelf.com. Check it out. So I said, I'm going to straighten this out. So I went in and I designed a website from scratch for her. That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. I mean, it's just like you know, my publisher, the Calliope, uh, crashes group, uh, the the media co- conglomerate, that they are they 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 deal with a lot of people, but they they still deal one on one. I mean, I can't. Sean Crawford is one of the best people I've ever met in my life, and and RJ, it it just goes to again, as you said about gratitude and thankfulness, that all of this kind of connects even in this moment with you. The fact that you make you make what makes you happy, and 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 kind of first in life, but not a selfish happy, you know, it's a joy that you share with other people and a joy that I think draws us to this show and draws you to be on, you know, a, a member of this team. And I mean, honestly, I, just, I can't express enough gratitude to you to, that you came on and shared so much with us. Um, You're very welcome. It's been I mean, my absolute pleasure and honor. I, um, another part of advice for writers, I get a lot of messages on Messenger. I get a lot of DMs. And this young guy uh, wrote me a couple of years ago and said, Mr. Jeffries, I know you're really busy and you hear this all the time. But he says, I just, I'm giving up. He said, I've been at this for so long. Yeah, so long. Jeez. <laughs> Look at my shoes. Get to be my age. But anyways, the point is, he said, I've been doing this, you know, for a long time and I just can't seem to, to make any success. And, you know, I'm not really asking for favor. Just what do you think? I said, listen. Um, we've all been through this. You're not alone. We've all walked this path. Some have taken, taken a shorter route. Some have taken a longer path. 
I said, but, but most importantly, you're still doing it and you'll never know what the next day brings. I said, um, you really don't. None of us know. We, we, I, I said to him, I left my crystal ball in my other pants, so I can't tell you your future or my own. Right. I said, I said, I know it sounds like a platter to hang in there, but I'm telling you, I did. And that's why you're messaging me to find out how we did it. I did it by hanging in there, by not giving up. I said, I said I've checked you out. You've got good talent. I have, I'm telling you. I think you're going to go places. And six months to the day, he wrote me back and said, Mr. Jeffries, I don't know how to thank you. He said, I just, I sat down after, after I read your message and I started, I didn't stop working on my book for a month straight every day. He says, I now have a, a real publisher and my book will be out next year. And thank you, sir. And I said, that's what it's about. It's, it's an honor, truly. I'm not trying to slow down and be all serious, but this is one of the most uplifting, knowledgeable, kind shows I've ever been a part of. And um, I just... It, it, I'm so glad to say that. Thank it, you. That's very good of you saying. It's just... It, I, you know, it, honestly, as much as we talk about gratitude, it just, it, it just... It's not like the idea has never come to me before, but it just, it just swells up in you the way that you say gratitude. And then it's like every word you say after that echoes the word gratitude, be thankful, be joyful, be kind. And it's, you're a rare individual. You're, you're one of the rarest, you are platinum diamond, sir, wrapped in dinosaur bones. You are, no, I I have to say, but Clifford, thank you. So you're still kind of say that and I've absorbed that in a good place. Um, it comes with a price. Um, you will find people, which people are people, think that you are not being um, authentic, you're mm-hmm. disingenuous, and they're always trying to find a chink in your armor or find a way to say to another, oh, he, he, he just thinks, you know, he, nah, nah, the guy's in here. He, he's not really that person. And those, those are the things you let go. Exactly, let exactly. Nick, yeah, see, you've got to be... You have to literally be Teflon coated for negativity because that is toxic. Truly and literally, is it toxic? And I honestly, what gets me through that, I actually feel bad for those people. I feel like yeah. if they're so involved and concerned about my life, what are they doing with theirs besides putting it on hold? They Not a damn. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. But I'm gonna that's, that's the crux of gratitude. It's twofold. It's and this is. I wrote a story. I'll have to send it to you for my grandmother's published by Pyrenees. About my nice. Nana Addie. She taught me, she taught me gratitude. I miss her to this day. I adore her. Um, and it's she taught me that to be remain grateful is you never focus on what you don't have or wish for what you could have or want. You you be stay satisfied and happy for what you have, because when you do, you won't believe how much more comes to you just with that thought. It's like it's like the law of attraction kind of thing. Universe will land and say, you like that? Watch this. And it, I'll tell you, I, right hand to, you know, to the universe, it happens. It does. it does happen. Well, you know what I'd like to do, if you don't mind? I'm going to read you a couple of published poems. May I do that? Yes! Yeah, 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 sure, man. I promised, sure. I promised someone that I would. Now, I wish I could tell you I'm a contemporary poet. I'm a dinosaur. My stuff I know is, I don't, I think that, and I'm not being... Yes, I'm not being critical, but I'm just being opinionated. A lot of contemporary poetry to me, I think, would be better conveyed in a story than a poem. It's just my opinion. Ray Bradbury said it better than I did. He said, you know, I want you to write a story, a short story every week. He says, and after 52, one's not going to be shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he said, and I want you to read a poem every day. He said, not, not, he said, a classic poem. None of this modern stuff. That's all garbage and crap. <laughs> not to say, no, I, I have so, Mr. Studd is a perfect example. I wish yes. I could write poems as well as she does. She is like the Einstein. Mm, agreed. But these were published in Pirates Fountain a couple of years ago. Let's see, Pirates Fountain, Volume 7, Issue 15. And the first one, I'm very into the sea and nature and, and how we are our natural beings, are our natural beings in the natural world. I've got to write something about that. We really are our natural beings in the natural world. We're always trying to shape it, mold it, and we're going to wind up just extinct before we know it because of that reason alone. All right, I'll keep this all box today. It's called Down to the Boats, the Men Go. Down to the boats, the men go, the rough men, the weathered men, the men bent from the weight of the traps and nets they cast into the sea and reel in with a look of hope for fins and claws dipped in gold. A capricious sea is where the men sail on, the rough men, the weathered men, the men bent from the weight of the traps and nets they cast into the sea and reel in on anchor legs the day's fresh catch, brimming with captured hope. Do another one. Do another one. Do one more. Come on, this man. One's kind of, uh, this one. This is kind of. Uh, all right, the, let me see. This September's the. Let me do the rain. It rains another one. Ami K. Pyrene's Fountain Glassdoor Press. Get all their books. They have the best poets there, and they were silly enough to publish me. It's called The Rain. This was inspired by Anya, who, by the way, I'm. I, 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 trust me, I never want to. She sent me a message on uh, in, in Messenger on Facebook, and I said, "This has got to be a joke." I've adored that since her first note. Mm -hmm. It just said, nice to know you. I got something coming out next year. And I said, I'm so there. Anyways, her poem, her, her song, uh, It's in the Rain, inspired this poem. All right. All right, mm -hmm. man. Like a gentle rain flows over a copper cupola, hazy whispers murmur faintly in my ears. I listen to the rain through a window, pained in fog behind the glass. Voices distant, falling down. In the spectral hours of my dreams, the rain is singing your name. In your hand, a silken scarf. Silken scarf glides across a spread of scarlet petals. They scatter like raindrops, drifting after me to the floor behind the glass. Voices distant. Still, I listen to the rain falling down, falling down. That one is that one is <laughs> that that scene, that one especially. I can feel the absorption. Uh, that we talked about at the very beginning of the show, where it's what's in the room, what rattles the glass, but the whole time that you see all of this around you, these things that you think, the ocean inside your head, you still hear the rain outside. Am yeah. I somewhere close to voice. Yeah, it is. You're right. You nailed it, Cliff, and it's a voice. Rain to me is a voice. It really is. It whispers or it roars. I love thunderstorms. I love when there's just a little bit of patter on the windows. Yeah, water, something of me, because I'm, we're all 90% of it or 98 or whatever it is. Right. Uh, the ocean and trees, man, greenery, the woods. Those are the two places I grew up in, in the woodlands of Berkshires of Western Massachusetts, and then moved uh, in my early 20s to the coast and have stuck there for since. That's brilliant, man. Now, before we wrap this show up, is there anything you want to throw in? Anybody you want to support? Anything you want to shout out? Um, Gloria, uh, Javina Barbara Press has their 15th anniversary. Uh, and we're going to be doing the all of us fans and also people. She's published so many writers, given so many people opportunities. She's having readings on Zoom globally with all of us writers. So um, check it out. 
check it out. Uh, we're all going to take 15 minutes. Melissa and I are doing July 28th, I think it is, or the 25th for half an mm -hmm. hour. I'll do first and do the second half. So a lot of great poets we all know about and adore and are obsessed with are all going to be doing readings for them. And my book will be out, I think, maybe in the fall, maybe 2025. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was almost writing that down. I, I almost, I was like, wait a minute. All right, fine. That was a good job, dude. No, please check out our shows, Author to Author, on Block Talk Radio every Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we have another one coming up uh, Tuesday, and I've got a couple of new people coming in the end of the weekend. I ended the month, uh, we had a couple of cancel. We got an opportunity to bring some new people in, and I, like I said, this is where I get spoiled. I like these people that I just adore, and it's like I get to talk to them get to be friends because it seems to me a lot of times I won't know them from Adam or I'll just I'll know of them so they'll get on the show or somewhere on social networks and then the next thing I know we're calling each other that's the way it should be man that's the way it should be I can want to say I'm so grateful to not you. thank you enough you. for coming on the show boss Cliff and I want to say thank you, as always, for spending your time with us. And we want to say a huge thank you to RJ Jeffries for a great interview. You can find him at rjjeffries.com or on the Author to Author podcast on Blog Talk Radio. You can find Cliff Brooks at cliffbrooks.com. Also, southerncollectiveexperience.com. You can find me at michaelamide.com or worldpoetryopenmic.net. Music for this episode was provided by the fantastic Justin Johnson. You can find him at justinjohnsonlive.com. This podcast is to give you ideas and tactics that you can apply to your own creative life. We go out of our way to try to bring you applicable things that you can apply right away. Remember to be courageous. Do the hard work. Conquer your obstacles creatively. Learn to trust your heart where it's easy to lose your path in this business of music and poetry. Mm -hmm.